I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, welcome to your favorite day of the week in the Athletic Hockey Show. I'm Craig Cousins, joined as always on Tuesday in the Americans edition by Sean Gentili, who is at the Olympics. Kind of, in no. Beijing, yes. Yeah, that's right. That's, we, <laughs> we get to prove otherwise. Greetings from the I, Ice Cube, big boy. I've been here for the last 10 oh, days. What's it like, man? You've got to be exhausted. Yeah, it's been... Or, it's been or tired or... It's been crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a really serious situation. I know it brings up a major discussion about human rights and whatever oh, else. Oh, that's not what that, that. I just I just want to talk about little hockey, Sean. Oh, come on. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, the Canadian men are beating China five to two right now. Okay. Are you? <laughs> Which I'm watching. Good. So we are counting down. To the moment we all knew, this was, you know, no surprises that the gold medal game that, as we record, is a day and a half away between the U.S. and Canadian women. So, let's start there. I mean, it's the collision course that we all knew was happening, but now it's happening, and we're excited. We're going to get to a bet in a second, but Sean, uh, Sean, I mean, how are you feeling? Nerves? Excitement? I'm nervous. I don't know if, if you're yeah. a U.S. fan, how you 
come out of that preliminary game uh, when you know the U.S. outshot Canada drastically, played about as played about as well as they could. You know, you can maybe find some issues with shot quality and and all that, but you know, at the end of the day, they played a really good game and they lost. Right, so there's no Brian Decker. There's well, mm-hmm. there's some questions in goal, even even though that's those seem to have been fixed over the last couple of days. They definitely wanted Maddie Rooney to to be in that spot. Comes out kind of lays an egg against Canada, so that opened up another fresh can of worms. But all that being said, I mean I'm 100 percent confident in the women's ability to let's see. Like you said, we're about a day and a half away. Predicting a eight two, eight two U.S. That's your prediction. Yeah. Um, Three goals from Abby Rock. <laughs> How many for Abby Murphy? Five. I think Abby Murphy gets the game winner. That's my prediction. <laughs> you know what, Dad? Seriously, we so we put a uh, we're we're fans. Me and me and Shayna and Haley put up like kind of a round table, sort of quick hit. You know, look at the championship game coming out of the preliminary rounds and the knockout rounds and all, all that. It went up yesterday. And part of the, obviously, the one section was like predictions. And, yeah. and my my first prediction was like, Abby Murphy scores twice and the U.S. wins. The issue, yeah. and this is part of the U.S.'s larger issue, is Abby Murphy ain't playing that much. And there's a lot of forwards that aren't playing that much. Like the the bench has been shortened pretty drastically over the last couple games for Joel Johnson. So it's going to be interesting to see what the, what maybe not what the forward group looks like, but what the division of labor is between those, between those four lines, because it's been interesting on the other side, you have Canada, which is, you know, we're trying to balance doing bits here and making and making you know making jokes and having fun, while also acknowledging that this is has the potential to be the best version of Team Canada that anybody has seen. Right, like that forward group is absurd. They're scoring ten goals a game. They have thirteen of the top fifteen points point getters at the tournament. Like the the, the stats are just overwhelming, and it's in the production is yeah. coming from everywhere. It's coming from the stars. Sarah Nurse is is leading the tournament in points, which is crazy because she's you know not a depth player, but it's not it's not Poulin, right? It's not Natalie Spooner. It's it's uh, it's Sarah Nurse, and that's indicative, I think, of this crazy depth that they have all the way through that forward group. Um, and then the, the the flip side, I think, I think with the U.S. is that is that the point production really hasn't been there. So I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So, being c- completely honest with yourself, and not like removing your your passport for a moment. Oh, yeah, and also also, if, also if just you, like also just like nixing the uh, guiding light of this podcast, right? Like the through line, the yeah. through line for all this stuff is that we have fun and we're irrational and whatever. But now we're at a we're at a point where, <laughs> like, do we keep up the bit or or do we have like an, on, well, an honest we, discussion about about what this game is going to look like? I think I think we owe it at least to the two or three people that want a little bit of actual hockey analysis uh, with their humor to talk about it. And I I think the concern goes even beyond maybe this tournament. It goes back to the World Championships, right? Like it's been mm-hmm. there's there's been some red flags about this team with, with, with the U.S. and 
And so, yeah, I, w- I would say, I mean, I mean confidence they, level. They lost like Decker's out. What, yeah. What are you, you going to do? She's the, she's the best player on the team. That's a tough – and it happened immediately. Like that's a tough hole to dig yourself out of. And that's what they're missing. Like for as good as Hillary yeah. Knight's been – you know, for and for his for the flashes we've seen from certain players throughout the preliminary round, I mean they're missing the alpha dog, right? And that and that's Decker. So I don't know I don't know how I don't know how you get past that. It's a, especially whenever you know, Ken Kendall Coyne hasn't been like it, there's there's no there's been no there's been no tier yeah, nobody tier is, one right. alpha superstar that's stepped up here, and it's be, yeah. it's because there's it's because they lost theirs. So I, I don't know I don't know how you get past that if if you're them. And again and again you're just you're looking at this at this at this Canadian team, and it's overwhelming the amount of the amount of skill and production that they have. Marie Philippe is the best player in the world. Sarah Fillier is apparently what everybody thought she was going to be. She's you know you have. Brianne Jenner going back and forth, kind of goal for goal with Philly a, a, a couple games ago. Melody Daou was hurt. Natalie Spooner was leading points. Like on and on and on. You have like eight, ten forwards who you know are just producing at absurd levels with like with the, with this Canadian team. And I'm not sure how you get past that. And meanwhile, the Americans have shortened their bench and yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's that t- typically isn't a recipe. It's not, yeah, right. It's it's not like hockey, for as you don't want to say Hillary Knight. It's on you. Good, best of luck. You even have to like carry for as good as for as good as Lee Steckline and like Megan Keller are, they're paying, they're playing twenty eight minutes a game. <laughs> you know, like that. That's I I know that you want your best player to be your best players, and 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 I know that this is the time to sh- to shorten the bench maybe, but at at a certain point, it just seems more indicative that they might not have the horses. Let, it that it's it's more about it, it it's more about maybe some um some i don't think in a perfect world they'd be playing their top defensive pair 30 30, 30 minutes a night we'll just we'll just say it that way and and it's been that's been a little bit of a nerve-wracking thing so now i'm not as confident in the bet that we we're going to make with the monday i mean show. It, it's like i said it's really not that big of a deal it's us seven canada two with <laughs> five goals from abby from abby rock and like it's all going to be fine but right we have to just drum up that's really all this is this is just typical media mythologizing right this is narrative creation we want people to watch this so we suck them into this game uh-huh and then they can Listen, then they can witness the all out American domination. If these two teams played ten times, Sean, Canadians may win nine. <laughs> they, under the current they might. situation. Do but it. Go into all of it. Tonight. Do all of it. I don't know. I Do don't have it memorized. No, I don't have I'm not like that. I, we, I do want somebody to write the story of like that four-year-old kid that memorized the Herb Brooks speech yeah, and he's, like who's now he's 37 say, and working in corporate he's, America. Uh, <laughs> I want that. Can we do that as an A1 long read at the, at the athletic? Yeah, he's uh, – Like he's, how he, life has worked out for this kid? He's 28 and really into cryptocurrency. <laughs> I, if, if you're that kid and you're listening, I will write that story if you reach out to me. I will write – I need to, an update on this kid. This boy, this boy don't write anymore. That story's mine. I mean, I wouldn't. I will. I will assign it to Sean. <laughs> when I say I will write it, I will write boy, the slack to Sean. Right? <laughs> well, we got Jacob Truba on the show today, Craig. Oh my gosh! So Jeff Demet's one request, producer Jeff said, "Hey, just make sure you tease to the guest before you start talking Olympics." 
Yeah, I mean, Early from on. one, we're talking about one great defenseman and Lee Steckline to another in Jake, in Jake Truba, right? Thank God Sean's on his game today. We have Jacob Truba in the Rangers. We recorded this one uh, at the end of last week because he was in Florida. The Rangers took like three months off between games. Um, <laughs> I never, I really was like openly jealous. We didn't hide it. Like I was like a little bit. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled that Jacob's sitting on the balcony and overlooking the pool, and he's just—he looks so relaxed. Jacob's coming into the Zoom hot, right? Like he's clearly yeah. on a balcony in Florida, and both of us were like, "Oh, yeah, you're still there, huh?" He was like, "Yep, <sighs> yep." Hey, but also Jacob Zuruba, thanks for doing it. I'm not do—I would oh not do God. a podcast I, interview if zero, I was on the zero percent chance. <laughs> So, shout out to the Rangers I'm not, and to like, Jacob if, Truba for saying that. If I'm that. on a Florida balcony, I'm not doing my actual job, let alone a favor for two dorks, <laughs> which is what this is. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. So, we've got that. Jacob was great. He's he's uh, a lot of fun. I was actually nice. I, I've spent 80 to maybe 90% of my career talking to Jacob Truba has been centered around asking him if he thinks he's going to be traded to the Detroit Red Wings. Like, there's like that three-year span where... Every Red Wings fan had made him. And so, like, every question I got is, when, when's he going to come home? And you, you knew Trubo was going to be traded. He made it pretty clear he wanted out of Winnipeg. Uh, so, it was nice to talk about the Rangers and how clearly comfortable he's getting. And he was really good. And not to, like, we'll talk about it. I liked his, He's just like, look, it takes me a time time to get acclimated. Like, I know that about myself. I'm the same way. Like, it takes a while to settle in and, and get figure things out. Not for me. And he's, not for me. I'm always com- you just plug and play. Always comfortable in every situation. <laughs> everybody, um, so everybody always loves me immediately. So here's what I would propose for our bet, Be- mm-hmm. and we'll see what they. I, I, you guys had said some sort of singing. I'm anti singing, except I would do I would do the anthem because I think the degree of difficulty between Canada. If we say the loser has to sing the other country's anthem mm-hmm. to Ian and Haley, the degree of difficulty of doing. Whatever ours is called, the Star Spangled Banner, is really hard. We've seen Carl Lewis. You know, we've seen the tapes. It depends on who's Whereas, doing the singing. Here. Oh, Canada! I think I could, I could just tone deaf my way through. Oh, Canada! I'd have to learn the words. Well, we'd have the sheet. Yeah, nobody knows the words. I would just end up singing the singing the national anthem from Borat. I think that's probably what ended up happening. So that would be my proposal: that we have to zoom it, tape it. The other people pick the background. Send a wow, crazy what a, Wow, what a great idea that was by you. Oh, my gosh. Give me credit. Go ahead, take it. Um, Pouring more coffee. Should we just – we may, maybe we should crowdsource this. Like, should we come up with a couple different things and maybe just put yeah, out a sure. Twitter poll and, and see what see what people – see what people want to happen? Yeah, I just don't want anything that's going to, like, follow me the rest of my life around. Like, I don't need any time I tweet some, like, person to be like, here's that video of you singing – Singing the Canadian national anthem in front well, of the Zoom fine. Of, I'll just, I can, you know, I'll just, Mendez is choosing or whatever. I'm not worried about that. But if we have to do like ABBA or something. I got beef with Julian. Oh, all right. Well, let's hear it. Julian McKenzie, podcast extraordinaire. Said I have a big head on the podcast yesterday. Really? Yeah. I do have a big head. Physically, literally have a big head. Did he mean it like? I don't Literally care. or the issue, figuratively? The issue with Julian is that he always apologizes after his, after his shit talking. Mm. Don't apologize. I know it's that trademark Canadian politeness 
that teeters on the verge of passive aggressiveness at all times. I don't think Canadians are as polite as people think they are. No, they're not. For the record, yeah. That's a... It's it's a front. That's an act. Mm -hmm. That's how they lull you in. I think that's what... Is your head that big? I I don't think think that's that big. What size size fitted hat do you wear? I I don't know. What are sizes? Okay. I wear a size seven and a half. That's usually big. I'm in the sixes, like six and. No, two you're quarters. not. I thought I was There's big. no way that I, dude. Are you serious? You're like a six and seven eighth or something. You yeah, a, something like that. You got, you got a little peanut head over there. You're like a kindergartner. There's no way. Is seven standard. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't bought a fitted hat in decades. <laughs> Have you? Uh, I bought one. I bought one a couple years ago. Yeah. I have, a, I have a Chicago White Sox fitted hat for no real reason. Well, other than Chicago is a great American city and also the, it's great. Also the birthplace of plenty, plenty, plenty of women on the American national team. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for finishing that sentence. I know. Um, I do, before we get to Jacob Truba, I want to talk one NHL topic because, um, we saw the Toffoli trade go down this week. So that, you know, that's officially the, the the horses are off. We've got a a trade. We'd we all liked it. You graded it. I liked it for I'm I'm always a fan of getting a good player with term on his contract, reasonable. So it doesn't not everything is resting on the next couple of months and that trade being a success. So Brad Living strikes early. Great trade for Calgary, in my opinion. I don't know what did you give it an A? You must have given it like an A, oh, a yeah, solid A. Definitely. That's a yeah. that's an A for Calgary, no doubt. That's a that's yeah. a no doubter. Um for a couple reasons. I think you start out with sort of the intangible stuff and what that means for Calgary in general. This is a this is a team and a general manager who over the last few oh God, going back to Mark Stone, right? Mm. Calgary is always in. They're always close. Always in the discussion. For whatever reason, they never actually get the player. And it's happened several times. Several yeah, times. Yeah, they always seem like they're the bridesmaid. They're the bridesmaid. Yeah. And except for Noah Hannafin. Just, uh, yeah, sort of. I, American. I don't want to gas up Tyler Toffoli too much here and make it sound like he's like a Mark Stone, Jack Eichel caliber player. He's not. But the fact that they managed to get exactly what they needed, which is a second, you know, maybe even on that team, a, a, a third line winger mm-hmm. on a team that desperately, desperately needed middle six pieces for most of the season. Now, that's, that's the second line with... You know, it's the it's the Andrew Mangiapane line. They've they've kind of rounded into form over the last over the last week or so, and that's been you know completely necessary because the Kachuk, Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm line carries them. It's carried them all season long. And the question has been, what are they going to do about about the middle six? Now you have right, a this second is a lot of Canadian team talk. Like I didn't, this wasn't yeah, me okay. introducing well, yeah, that, God, that the, this true. trade point, to get to the, the point, Calgary Flames the, the line breakdown. Yeah, I'm Sean. The point is that Calgary got a lot better. Um, and they got exactly what they needed. And they also set the market, I think, in some ways. Or maybe not set the market, but I think gave us a glimpse at what trades are going to look like yes. more often than not here, right? Which is Tyler Toffoli, a really nice player, a really versatile player, a player at a reasonable cap hit. He's a 4.25 for two seasons after this. And you, and you have term, right? And they basically went out and paid a rental price for him. They, it, like that, they really did. That they did. Deal and sent sent some money the other way. That's right. Which is, like Tyler we Pitlick about earlier. is that has to happen. T- 
them moving Tyler Pitlick out is beneficial to the Flames. That's not Montreal adding an asset. That's Montreal taking back back cap, mm-hmm. right? So, what do you have here? I, I think it's I think it's indicative of what we're going to see at the deadline, which is because teams are so tight to the cap, there's going to be a lot more players changing hands and, and, and a lot more and a lot more retained salary. And you're going to have to rob Peter to pay Paul, I think, in a lot of ways. Pitlick is not a great example because Pitlick has been, you know, he hasn't he hasn't done anything for the the, the Flames, if we're being realistic. But when you t- when you look at these other proposed trades and you, and you look at the kind of cap gymnastics that these that these teams are going to have to get into, I think Colorado is a great example, right? Corey Pronman today puts out the who says no thing where he asks an exact like you know, what, what, whatever, who, like, which team does or doesn't do this trade. One of the ones was Claude, was Claude Giroux mm-hmm. to the Flyers. The, oh, back to the Flyers. To the Flyers, yeah. Claude Giroux has never played for the Flyers before. It was Claude, <laughs> it was Claude Giroux to the Avs for Jesse Comfer and, and a pick and a prospect. Now, Jesse Comfer is not a perfect player, but he's also, in this case, a necessity going back to Philly to make the money work. So if you're Colorado, you say, great, we can trade for Claude Giroux. Sign us up. But to make that happen, you're going to need to create another hole in your lineup because of the, because of the, cap, because of the cap consideration. So I, I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting to me. I think these deals are going to be a little bit more complex than we're used to be, because of where these teams are at with the cap. I like that you've just included um, Jesse Comfort in a trade. I said Jesse you Comfer. Meant JT. I yeah. meant JT. Yeah, I know where your head's at right now. They should trade for Jesse Comfer because Jesse Comfer <laughs> is better than JT Comfer. We don't know that, but oh, I do. Yeah, um, I like. So uh, we were talking about it earlier. Emily Kaplan kind of connected Colorado and and Giroux, and you know, Colorado just on an absolute roll right now. The the um, the question I have, and we were talking earlier. I don't. Like, if you're Colorado and it's clearly working, do you like? Do you need to make this trade? Are you messing anything up? And how often do these actually work out for the team that's on a heater that then brings in a star? Like, I don't know. I like a Toffoli deal way better than. And I mean, not, I don't know, if not in Colorado, but I like I like the concept way better than I like bringing in Giroux for, you know, a women's Olympian I th- women's player, <laughs> a draft pick for for bringing in Jesse Confer's brother. <laughs> um. I think there is a chance that by the time this is all said and done, that Toffoli trade is the best team is the best one that any team makes. Yeah, he's a really good player. Like like we said, can play on the second, third line. Obviously, no brainer, right? He do you know he scored at a forty four four goal pace last season? Tyler Toffoli, he had twenty eight goals in fifty two nope. games. He gives them insurance against like. Kachuk or Goudreau, if if one of those guys goes down for a little bit, I mean that's a that's a or if one, if Goudreau leaves, I, absolutely or yeah. or that's that's more you know for Goudreau and and Kachuk, Toffoli mm. is like he's in their age group. God, it's it's a great trade. It like he's he's he lines up directly with that core, right? He's a he's a good player who's twenty eight years old. And has a couple years left. So if you're Johnny Gaudreau and you're Matthew Kachuk, you're like, all right, maybe maybe we're going for it here. But that but that but I'm telling you that 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 is beside the, that's beside the point. The issue here is that they got every they got everything they needed, and they didn't need to send out a relevant player for cap. 
And I don't know. I don't know yeah. how many more times we're going to see that throughout the course of this trading season. And they didn't pay a premium to get it done early. Like usually, I, the team that strikes early has. They're like, hey, we paid a little extra to get this guy in. You know, yeah. get him on the team, get him acclimated. I don't. There was no like early bird uh, premium. They're getting here. two and a half seasons of Tyler Toffoli for a protected first round pick in mm-hmm. case something completely falls apart and they end up in you know whatever in the lottery. So you guard against that. You throw a fifth-round pick back, which is nothing. You have a, a prospect that's been traded twice that, that nobody seems all that impressed with other than apparently the Montreal Canadiens. That was a good story by, by Arpin. He, he, wrote about the, he wrote about the Montreal end of things. So whatever. All due respect to Emil Heinemann, but it doesn't seem like he's, he's not enough to, t- to tip this deal in, in, in the favor of Montreal. I really do think that as, you know, and we're six weeks basically out from the trade deadline now, I really do think that by the time this is all said and done, it's five, I believe it's, it's five weeks. Actually, I take that back. Yep. I think I, it's, it's March 21st. I think by the time it's all said and done, people are going to look at this and be like, all right, that that's a big win for Calgary early on. And then everybody else was kind of chasing that, that for, for the rest of the, for the rest yeah, of the there's, if, if we're saying winners and losers of that trade, the lo- losers to me are the flyers. If I'm Chuck Fletcher, I'm like, if that sets the price, that that's not even the, is that's that it? it. We're getting a first, we have to, Take on a bit of Claude salary is, Claude and is, a prospect that who's been dealt. Claudio older, worse, more expensive rental than Tyler Toffoli. How do you get more than what the Canadians just got for him? Unless, unless the rental becomes the, a positive in this, where, where teams are like, "Hey, I, I've got to sign a bunch of guys after this year." Mm-hmm. Like we don't want, like, no, that's why this is, that's why this is so interesting because there's, there's, it's beneficial to, it really is like a, you know, depending on your angle, is it better to have term? Is it worse? Like it, it, it's it's a team by team situation, but no, I, I, I sincerely think that, you know, whenever we're doing the deadline postmortem and on <laughs> on March 23rd or whatever, I'm going to say, wow. Yeah. That was a, that was a good bit of business by, by, by Bradshaw living back in February. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk to Jacob Truba. And, Thank God. Uh, that was way too much serious hockey talk. Let's go talk to Jacob hey, Truba. You, you were breaking he, some stuff down, man. Whatever. I liked it. Tru, uh, Truba has a really good Ted Lasso reference in here. We won't, ruin, oh, we, 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 won't, yes. we won't ruin it for you. Yeah, we don't, but it's, he was great. So let's uh, take a quick break and we're going to be back with Jacob Truba. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, we are now thrilled to be joined live from Florida. Uh, I think he's on no. spring break, maybe. Like this is Club MTV. Um, Jacob Truba. 
New York Rangers defenseman. Uh, a month between games, Jacob, how you doing? Thanks for doing this. I'm good. How are you guys? Well, we're good, but certainly not. I don't feel like we're as good as worse, you are. Worse, worse than you. <laughs> um, let's start there. Like, I'm sure we all want to be in Florida where you are right now, which is awesome. But like, just from a competitive standpoint, things are going really well for you personally, going well for the team. Are, are we good about this break? Or are you like, man, I want to get back out there and finish this thing? Um, I think at the start, we were all kind of ready for the break. It was just a lot of hockey in a short period of time. And then, I mean, I was like, he's just kind of <laughs> trying to get through the last couple of games and just even just to rest and kind of recover and reset the mind a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we were down here. I was down here for probably three days and then I was like, all right, <laughs> let's go back now. But wait, we got another four days ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we still got a little more time, but yeah, def- definitely think people are, at least I am ready to, ready to get back and get playing hockey again. So, uh, I mean, one of the questions we get asked the most, really, like, it's this is so stupid and dumb, but it's like, hey, are the Rangers for real? Like, honestly, like, if if we could distill the hockey questions we get down to to one question, it's that. I, I, and not to speak for Sean, but I like to anyways. But what is – is so, I'll, I'll pose it to you. And I know you're going to say yes, of course. But, like, I guess why why did you think there's doubt? And, and like, what has, has you convinced this team is – is ready to kind of be legit. Um, I mean, I definitely think there's areas we can improve on. We still know we can do that. I mean, I'm sure every team says that, but yeah. I mean, if you look at a team, you have a potential Vesna trophy candidate, you have a Norris candidate, you have a rocket candidate, potentially another heart candidate in that with the Vesna. So, I mean, you have those kind of players, I'd say your team's for real and has a chance and, um, we also have some pretty good players surrounding those guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, we can, we can get better. And I think that's something in our room, at least we know that we, we find a way to win games and we are not our best and we're still kind of waiting to kind of string together a, a stretch that we're playing our best hockey for complete games. Surprised you would refer to yourself as a Norris trophy. That's, uh, you know, I, I, I know you're having <laughs> a good worry, year. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like, I mean, it's, it seems to come together for you in, is this what you're three, right? I've lost track. You're three yep. in New York. So, yep. I mean, you're one, I don't know, acclimation. The team wasn't great. Also you're two injuries, but it seems like it was, it was going, I want to sit on year two for one second, because I do remember reading things like it, you were a much bigger presence in the room. Like teammates really seem to notice that was that, when did that start to happen for you in terms of you kind of asserting yourself as a leader? Uh, I think it's just kind of a natural progression. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a guy who feels my way through situations. I mean, I wish I wasn't, but yeah, I've always been yeah. this way. Where I'm I'm kind of kind of reserved and quiet until I get to to know someone and trust them, and then I'll kind of open up and be myself. And I wish I wasn't like that, but I just have to figure out who I am. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I mean, going to New York was obviously a huge change. The first year was kind of a just even off the ice living and. I don't know. I didn't have a car with a garage in it. I think it's just a <laughs> different thing that like growing up in Michigan, I never really thought I'd live that way, I guess. I mean, I learned to love it and I think I just got more and more comfortable and come to the rink, the people at the rink. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, I thought this would, would happen when I get more comfortable. It's kind of how it's been everywhere I've been, but yeah. um, it's definitely nice to, to kind of settle in and, and be comfortable. 
So are, are you still living in the city or did you move somewhere with a, with a garage? <laughs> no, we bought a place in the city. I'm a, Oh, you're I'm all in there. Downtowner. You're, you're oh, yeah. in it. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh yeah. I actually know where you bought because I, when I was researching, that was like the first 10 stories were about your place and like sharing a, a, a space with Jennifer Lawrence and stuff. That's pretty great. Yeah. I'm not sure how it got so public, <laughs> but like the day that it got like, recorded or whatever, yeah. it kind of went everywhere. And I was like, whoa. What's Somebody leaked that for sure. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I missed, I missed something here. My yeah. God. I can I fill you in on all the details of the sale later, Sean. <laughs> I got, I, There's people far more popular than me living in the building. <laughs> so then it becomes a thing. Jacob, I, I, I got to do a better job of Googling your, your, uh, <laughs> Googling your real estate purchases. Craig's, Craig's I'm on, on it. it. Hey. Um, you kind of, you, you you mentioned you mentioned Kreider because because you're talking about rocket candidates and all that. I think there's a lot of people who were probably probably a little surprised to look up last week and see that he hit the 30 goal mark that, that happened that happened before the break. He's he's been a good player for a really long time. I think I, I think everybody knows that. But um, is it just as simple as you know getting bounces this year that that has his production jacked that far up? Cause that is a, that's a, that's a wild pace. We're, we're halfway through the season and, and, and he's at 30. Yeah. I mean, I, just, I definitely don't think it's, it's bounces or luck. I think yeah. it's, uh, you can even see like just his presence around the rink. He's very comfortable and confident with who he is and the player he is. He knows what makes him good. He knows how he's effective on the ice and he's mm-hmm. scored a lot of goals doing that. Um, obviously I think the players he's playing with is a, a big impact. Um, the power play, there's four other very dangerous players out there that have to be respected and accounted for. And he gets some space in front of the net and he's, in my opinion, the best, the best guy I have down there in the, in the league, whether it's chipping pucks or even screens. Like he does so much with like moving screens and doesn't get any points or tip them in, but he's, he's impacting the game and he's, he's a big presence. He skates, he hits, he's, He's what you want and you're your power forward and I mean I think he's uh it's good to see what he's done this year. I think he he deserves it. He's worked very hard for it. And he's he's one of the guys who helps everybody along with him. It's not him having a great year. He's still just trying to bring everyone with him and, and help other guys improve their games. That was one of the guys I know when the NHL Olympic announcement went sideways or whatever like that. I remember Sean saying, I, I feel bad for someone like Chris Kreider, right? Like where it was all coming to, you know, he was going to have a big role in that team. And, and I mean, it's, it was rough on everybody. And so I'm, so I'm curious now that it's transitioned, are you, how much are you tracking, you know, the, the, the Americans and like, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking, I pay attention. I mean, I've been watching, I don't know why, but for some reason I've been watching a lot of curling. I feel like that's what I'm spending on TV at night. <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, it's the best, it's the best sport going. It's it like is. watching a bar, it, 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 it's like someone took a bar game and turned it into like a, it is, an, it is, an I like when they cut, they cut to like the last like five stones though, so you have to watch the first like <laughs> yeah. 10 be thrown. No, we don't, we don't want that. <laughs> it's not the interesting <laughs> shot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I pay attention a little bit. It's obviously a, unique time in the world, a pretty unique situation with the, the circumstances. And I mean, do guys want to go? Yeah. Was it the right call to probably not go? Probably. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough cause guys, that's, I mean, it's the Stanley cup and Olympic gold medal is what you kind of dream of as a kid. And to not guys not to have that opportunity is that's the unfortunate part, I guess. But 
reality is what the reality is. Yeah. Was that something? Was it? Was that something that lingered at all, or was that just like a one day thing? Because you, I mean, you, a, a lot of you guys on that roster were. Yeah, there was some cases gonna, to be gonna made. Be, for the Americans. Gonna gonna be in the mix for stuff. So was it just like a one day thing where you guys came in and we're just like, oh shit, all right, whatever. Like it's 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 official, and then you moved on. Like what was the, what was the vibe whenever all that went down? How long did it? How long did it last? Uh, I mean, there was there was like talks of it for whatever, like a month or two leading up to it. I think guys saw it trending that direction. Um, so when they finally announced it, it was whatever. I mean, the other way you can look at it is we're having a great season with the Rangers. We have a an opportunity to do something, and do you want to go to the Olympics and potentially have whatever happens happens mm-hmm. and jeopardize that in any way? And then I think the Raiders guys want to go. They have that thought in their mind of hey, we got we got something to work on here as well. So I don't think it was too big of a, I think guys were disappointed obviously, but it wasn't end of the world. I don't think. How do you see you? you, I remember you kind of coming public with some of the, just how challenging the testing was and all the protocols. How, like as this starts to potentially loosen up and change, how like from a player's perspective and from just being able to focus on hockey, where do you see that benefit or how do you see that changing from your perspective? Um, I mean, I think it's good. I think obviously, eventually, I think things are going to move on. I think <laughs> there's obviously the, the smart way to do it, and that's over over my head. But um, for me, the biggest thing was it was just kind of again the reality was going into the rink and not knowing am I positive or am I not positive or someone else like what's going to happen today. We we test in the morning and go skate, and then you wake up for nap and or wake up from your nap and go down, and there's whatever one, two, three guys that aren't, aren't mm-hmm. playing it's just kind of that unknown all the time. And the, it's not really stress or anxiety. It's just like the, Oh, like what's, what could potentially happen today? Right. <laughs> yes. It's kind feeling. of that feeling of, you know what I mean? You know, like who you're playing with, where, what's going on and coaches get it. That whole thing we went through, we've been through it twice now last year and this year. Yeah. Um, yeah it's just like unique. It's, I don't know, you just don't know what to expect, I guess. So hopefully it's a little more, you know what to expect coming to the rink every day now. Um, we're, we're fascinated by Gerard Gallant's success wherever he seems to go because the, I think the guy that we see in the public, he's just, he seems like this really laid back, chill guy. And, and you, when you see like these motivators and leaders, oftentimes, you know, there's, there's a huge presence and he just is like, he seems to have a way with players that connects. What, what is it that he's been able to do in this short time that's connected with you all? I think he lets us be us. This is going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I might catch some heat for this, but he reminds me of, of Ted Lasso in a way. <laughs> Great. Oh, we got to just keep, we, yeah, need, like, we, need, we, need, we need like a five, we need like a five minute answer from you on that. I want everything about that. Let's go. But he, like he obviously knows the game and he's played the game and was very successful playing the game, but he, he's almost like he is happy in the morning. He asks you how you're doing. Like he's personable in that sense, but he's not, overbearing he lets you play he's not gonna scold you per se if you make a mistake you're gonna know you made a mistake and then you're gonna go right back out there and you're gonna like, you don't lose that he doesn't lose that trust or that confidence in you and i think players feel that um he gets a little fiery on the bench which i think is is good i mean you know he cares he's passionate he, he wants to win and the end of the day it's always about just winning winning the game like he's not that's all. That's all he cares yeah, about. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's what you want from a coach, right? He's he's doesn't really over bombard you with video or with systems. You're going to work hard. You're going to give all the effort you have, 
And if we lose, we lose, but we're going to win more games than we lose if, if that's the, the mentality we have. And he just has that kind of the aura about him where he comes into the room and you just want to go play for the guy. That's awesome. How much do you think, I mean, you're having this great offensive year and, and, and I, I'm sure a lot of that is confidence and knowing you have a coach that, that believes in you. Like how much is that reflected in, in your kind of offensive breakout? Um, or not at all. You don't have to agree. I'm, I'm, I'm making my own no, I mean, assumptions over here. <laughs> a little bit. I just feel like I'm more, more comfortable in, in my role. I know, like I know Foxy's going to do what, what Foxy does and there's a, a role for me to fit in and kind of play a little bit harder, more, more defensive. And when the offense is there, the offense is there. I think, uh, I mean, I, whether I have a bad game, a bad period, I think I know it in my mind, I'm not going to, there's no fallout from it. It's, you're going to go play your whatever, 22, 23 minutes the next night and be in the same role. And, um, you know, what's expected of you, I guess. I, I think that goes for everyone in our, mm-hmm. in our lineup with Turk. I think it's pretty, pretty clear what, what's expected of you and, and what your role is to help this team win. Has he watched Ted Lasso? Have you, have you brought that up with him? Is he, is he, is he, is he, is he, is he, is he aware of the, the comparison? <laughs> no, I think that was the first, I tell other people that, but I've never told anybody with the media. So you guys have the, <laughs> we got the uh, Ted Lasso <laughs> scoop. <laughs> No, is, is he bringing like biscuits to uh, the morning skate? <laughs> no, he doesn't do any of that. It's just kind of like the attitude of like, just happy and like, I don't know, he's just like a positive person to be around until he gets a little upset sometimes, but rightfully so. He's baking shortbread and bringing them That's up right. to Jerry's office every day. That's right. I don't think he's doing that. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to compare, like people forget how good that D was. I think at times in Winnipeg that you played on with Buff, and, you know, who would like Tyler Myers and Toby Enstrom and yourself. Like, it was really like there was a point it was great. And now I look at this Rangers D and just how it's come together. Keandre Miller and yourself and, you know, Adam Fox has just become a star. How like different players. But like, how would you compare like just how how, how this is setting up compared to some of the better, you know, blue lines you played with? Uh, yeah, it's like, very different. I yeah. think with a guy like can't really c- compare Keandre to Toby. Like they're different right. bodies, different type of yeah. player. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, everyone kind of fills a different role. Obviously, we don't have a buff. Buff's pretty much a one of one of a kind. So <laughs> one in a million. You're not going to replicate him. Yeah, uh, but everybody kind of does does their own thing and plays like their own game. I would say we all have a little bit of uniqueness to our game that yeah. like, complements each other. I don't think. I mean, I don't play like Foxy and. Keandre doesn't play like Lindy or whoever it may be. I think everybody kind of does does their own thing. And I think that helps us because you're not really, as much as you're competing with each other in a sense, you're also complimenting each other and trying to lift everyone up and kind of fill your own spot and what's what's expected of you. Where did you feel? I, I Like the Winnipeg, New York, I mean, you mentioned it's a completely different world, right? I mean, on so many levels. Do you, you, you move from Winnipeg, the small market, to New York, this huge kind of media market. But I almost feel like you're more scrutinized playing in a team in a market like Winnipeg. Like, have you felt like you've been able to kind of just focus on your game? Or like, like, how has the, the outside pressure been different for you? Um, well, you're scrutinized more if you make more money. That's true. You're making <laughs> yeah. The salary definitely is in every equation, right? But, like, you know what I mean. No, that is yeah, true. I mean, it's it's different. I think. Um, I don't. I mean, if you're not playing up to, to standards in New York, you're going to hear about it, but it was the same way in Winnipeg when yeah. guys were struggling, whether it's the team or players. And 
it's the focus there and there's enough people in, in New York that there's kind of a focus on the Rangers as well. So, um, I mean, it's kind of sports in general, but I would rather be playing in markets that are passionate about hockey and, yeah. and care about their team. And so, I mean, depends on, on the guy, I guess, if they want to hear those things or not, but I think I'd rather, I'd rather be a place that I hear them and yeah. go out and do something about them and people care about it. That's great. Um, last one for me. I know I, I don't want to get into your pool time this morning and or whatever, whatever you got going next. <laughs> we're flying home today. So oh, you're flying home. Busy day. Ah. Um, but I, I read it's, there was, uh, I think it was Jarglant who said like this, there's clear moments when he'll watch you play and you know, you'll make a big hit and it's, it's sent to like wake the team up. Maybe that you, you, maybe he sees it as maybe you're seeing the team isn't, is engaged or whatever it is, or maybe it's not intentional. Just that's what happens. Do you look for when you're, you know, playing a physical game, are there moments where you're like, Hey, I need to get things going here. Like, you know, get people engaged with a big moment like that. Um, maybe a hint, I'd say rarely though. And yeah. I'd say the bigger hits aren't a result of that. I think, Sometimes you try to go play more physical to try to wake people up, but it's not usually the big hit. Those kind of just come come when they come. You can't really go out and force right. them out. You'll wind up in more trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there's times where you go out and try to be a little more physical, whether even it's just my personal game not being great and I think I need to get myself going. That's something I would maybe try to do for a shift or two. Yeah. Um, then obviously you're going to have games where teams – a little flat or whatever the circumstance may be and try to inject some energy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jacob, thanks for doing this, man. No problem. Great year for you guys. Keep it rolling. It's fun. Like it's for us in the States, it's always better when the Rangers are good and relevant and exc- you know what I mean? Like it's just, you well, want those I big hope teams. relevant for a long time. <laughs> you should be. Yeah, you should be. So thanks for doing this, man. Safe travels back and yep. we'll, we'll catch up with you later. Sounds good. Give right. me a good light with that Ted Lasso stuff. Beautiful. You're, you're, you're fine. Don't worry. Come on. Right, yeah. <laughs> See you, man. See ya. I want to thank Jacob Chuba for joining. It's great. Like, I always get, you know, I'm 50% nervous when you have a current player because they can't be too interesting by hockey law. But Jacob, was, I, th- I think anytime you catch somebody on a balcony in Florida, you're getting the cards down a little bit. He was awesome. Yeah. It's like this pseudo Olympic break that they got to. Like, they got, yeah. you know, they didn't, they didn't have much to worry about. They had, how many days off did they have? It was like a week, right? It was a lot. It was a lot. He was chilling. He was, he was, believe he was one day out from leaving. Heading back to, head, heading <laughs> yeah, back to New York. I think he was leaving, maybe leaving later that day. But anyways. Tough um, life, baby. Going back to living in the, in, in that building with Jennifer Lawrence or whatever, whatever he was talking oh, about. That's right. Did you, <laughs> we can talk about that later. Um, I, I do want to, before we wrap this segment up, um, if you're a Rangers fan and you're only listening to this segment, which I can understand mm-hmm. and thank you for j- tuning in, uh, make sure you check out Arthur Staples' new Rangers podcast, The Garden Faithful. Uh, Art's just killing it on his Rangers coverage. He's a great podcaster. I, I'm a huge fan. So uh, download that, subscribe wherever you find your podcast. It's called The Garden Faithful. You won't be disappointed. It's much better than this one. Oh, my gosh. So much better. And I haven't even listened to it yet, but I'm assuming. I mean, it's a low bar. Arthur's, Coming up next. Arthur's Arthur's the best. He's a he's a great he's a great hang. I love I love bullshit with Arthur about music and stuff. That's you know yeah he's he's and he's got an edge to him like yeah. he's just no, he's, he's he's my he's my kind of people. Yep. Uh, our final segment, the only good Come segment on. on this show. Yes, yeah. nailed it, nailed it, baby. 
Coming up next. <laughs> Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome once again to the only good segment on the show. We have heard your complaints, folks. We have? The Athletic has heard your complaints. iPhone users who cannot comment on the episode page of our podcast, which again, it's a thriving community of people who ask questions and make fun of us and... I don't know, live comment the pod, live or, comment or, the pod. or whatever folks have started doing. Uh, the comment section is getting fixed. I don't know when. I don't know how. Or why. Or why, really. <laughs> <laughs> I know who. <laughs> I, know it's our, I know it's our dev team that's doing it. Uh, but I the, like that they were like, hey, let's not send anybody the comments until we get this. Can, we have yeah. one request of the podcast. Guess host. what? Don't send anybody to the comment section until we get this fixed because we don't want to frustrate our users. Yeah, and we're heard, like, and let's heard, build a segment around it instead. We've heard your request and it has been denied. <laughs> Sorry. That, so, team. keep going there unless you have an iPhone, which <laughs> apparently makes it impossible. So, here's here's all you have to do. Go to, <laughs> go to uh, T-Mobile, get a new phone uh, that works with our comment section. And then find it, leave us a comment, and well, maybe maybe we'll answer it and read it. You never know. That's that's part of the fun, isn't it? <laughs> what are these guys? What are these wild men gonna do next? Can I start it, Sean? Because I, I like this one makes me laugh. This mm -hmm. is from Carlos L. A little late to the party, but I'm still processing Tipsy McStaggers and the fact that this magical place actually exists. Oh, it exists, and it does. If you missed the reference, Max Baltman and I met there for a work meeting mm -hmm. because it was exactly halfway between our houses. Yep. We were on Google Maps. We're like, we, we did as the whole the, thing where you as spin the, crow the globe. Flies. And we were like, all right, what's the halfway place? And he goes, it's a place called Tipsy McStaggers. And I'm like, that is where we always hold mm -hmm. your review. And then you guys both got um, DUIs when you left, as we've established. <laughs> you have to. Like, we, like I felt... I was drunk just saying it, like saying, hey, meet me at Tipsy McSaggers. First, how drunk – this is back to Carlos. How drunk do you have to be to get to be nicknamed Tipsy McStaggers? Assuming there's a real Tipsy McStaggers. We're going to assume gonna that there investment. is for the purpose of this segment, yeah. And Carlos goes, oh, look, there goes Tipsy McStaggers. Second, how much drunker do you have to get beyond that to decide Tipsy McStaggers is a great name for your bar? I think that's the question. Like – how many people did this make it through where they're like, you know what we should name this bar? Yeah, this is a great, this is a great idea. Tipsy McStaggers. <laughs> the fact Maybe it was that, named around that boat. Remember was it was a boat like Bodie McBoatface? Maybe this was like a response, a, a drunk, drunken I'm bar I'm going to say no. Okay. 
And Carlos is wondering, is Tipsy a family name? <laughs> I'm going to say no. But we don't know. It could be. My name's Tipsy. Tipson is my father. <laughs> um, I can't be the only one with these questions. Oh, a request to producer Jeff. Producer Jeff needs to bring Tipsy in for a segment. We could, this could be our first character appearance on the on the podcast. <laughs> who will who will play the role of Tipsy McStaggers? Which probably. got a couple guesses. <laughs> That's great. We all right. We all, all right. So producer Jeff is going to work on either getting the actual Tipsy McStaggers if this person exists, the owner of the bar. I'm going to go buy some shirts and I'm going to give them out to listeners. Mm-hmm. I think that's the natural next thing. And then I'm going to hold like 10 more uh, uh, reviews there of people that work at The Athletic and set up an office. Carlos also says he's starting a change.org position to change the name of the Monday show to The Athletic Hockey Show Tuesday Show Eve Edition. <laughs> I did see that Which <laughs> that's really possible good. bet parameter there. Oh my gosh, that would that be a might good be bet. It. You have to call yourself, or the or we would be like the Monday Post. Yeah, well, and we won't be though, because again, seven two five goals for Abby Rock. Uh, Michael K. Anyone who says who cares about women's Olympic hockey or why are women in the Olympics doesn't really care about hockey needs to shut their trap and just let us hockey fans watch and cheer for these gifted women playing the best sport on earth. I mean, Michael, we agree. That's obviously Amen. kind of, that's kind of in response to Kami Granato, who, uh, I, as we said last week is the coolest person that we've ever had on the show. Um, also she got a new job or was announced as having a new job immediately after that. Now assistant GM for the Vancouver Canucks, Kami Granato. I think, I think that's probably because of us, right? Yeah, I just want to say um, we've, we've heard the criticism that we got Jack Hughes injured, which I don't appreciate. We would never do that to Jack or the Hughes family. And he did get – I mean, he hurt himself like within minutes of – but we also got Cami Granado. We, Sean and I, mm-hmm. got her promoted into uh, in the Vancouver AGM. I mean, obviously. So – you know, credit Carlos, credit other people have said this too. Buying buying copies of her book of her book for their you know nieces and nephews mm-hmm. and kids and whatever. It's called I Can Play Two. You can go iCanPlay2.com to buy it. I love it. I love the two out of kids book. I know I know we talked about that last week, but it's it's so cool. Um, Tyler R. Love the Cam interview. Would not disagree with the Granado Hughes lineage for future interviews. You have to be related. It's, to, it, is Truba like, is, like the Kachucks? Maybe Truba is, is Truba a nephew or something? He could be. I, yeah, you, you, if you have to be a Granado, a Hughes, because the Kachucks also loop in like the Fitzgeralds and the Hayes like and yeah, so you know, like you could whole. do that part of the family tree. I want an American, like I want like a family tree, like U.S. hockey with branches everywhere. I'll get right on that. Boss. As our logo, thank you. Uh, on a hockey question, do you think the All Star break came at a good time in the hockey schedule? Uh, no, this this whole season has been a joke from a from a balance standpoint. There was no way around it. They were hell bent on getting the season done when it was done. It was always going to be a mess. You throw in the COVID stuff, and it's a total it's a total cluster. I mean, it, it had to come at some point, but there was never going to be there was never going to be a good time. Michael K also rightly points out Bobby Ryan should be part of the oh, certainly the family tree. So Caleb B. Is live uh, live blogging this as he does. We, we love you, Caleb. Um, I'm just reading it. I'm entertained by it. I don't know what to share with any of you. Chris Chris um, J, while you pick out your fav- fav- favorite Caleb B comment, Chris J said, what are your thoughts on the Chinese roster? It has a couple Americans on it, one of whom being Jake Chelios. Did they defect or were they given the opportunity? Jake Chelios did not defect. He was playing 
And also, by the way, his Olympics just ended because China has been eliminated by a country that we will not name. Do you got to go down to the mix zone, Sean, or can you finish this up? It's a great question. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm running down there right now. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> that's, me, that's me running down to the mix zone. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Chelios is just on the KHL team. He didn't, he didn't defect. It's not that the Chinese team acquitted themselves well. They played, they played hard. They, they, they hung in there a few times. Not bad for the 20th ranked country in the world. I think we're four years away from them. Also, I have no issues. Like being a, getting a chance to play in the Olympics is amazing. Uh, I like, I, I like one of my closest friends, their family had multiple kids on the, um, Greek baseball team, national team during yeah. the Olympics when the league, like they, their parents are Greek and yeah, I think the uh, calculus, like, the calculus is a little bit different thing. with that than yeah. like for China right now. But I, but well, yeah. e- either way, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, not gonna knock, I'm knock not gonna knock, knock Jake Chelios for for trying to play in, in in an Olympic. Kevin W writes: Now that there are 32 teams, how would you feel about a single game elimination tournament spread out over the course of the year, a la the FA Cup in soccer or March Madness, but spread out? Increase revenues, give another trophy to win, and give more meaning to some random midwinter Tuesday night games. I am very much in favor of this. I I think hockey is so conservative in their approach to playoffs and scheduling and rules that because it's an insular world where they think like everything's fine and they don't realize how um, what they need to do to actually be relevant in the sporting landscape. And if I was running the NHL, which I plan to one day, hopefully, mm-hmm. if, if everything goes as planned, I, mean, you got, I would be you doing got, stuff like I mean, this you all that, the time. You have that interview lined up, right? Yeah. So th- this would be part of my pitch. I would have, uh, I would have like relegation, and all of a sudden the Chicago Wolves are, are you know, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> at minimum, you're, you're the NHL. You got to do interesting things to get on on the. You got to get on the radar of the sporting landscape in the states. It's not good enough just to be this tiny little provincial the, sport come on the, keep the playing tournament for the for those seven keep and eight the spots tr- at, at the very least so yeah i would Kevin. love it i would love it if there were some way to get better <laughs> let's not say better let's say more relevant games in january and february because this is the dregs right now i feel like we're about to kick off trade season it gets a little bit more interesting yeah. That the Foley trade seems like it ushered something in, but February hockey is painful. So if there's some way to make this just a little bit more worth our time and give us something else to talk about other than, you know. Just do it. Just like, don't be so like, oh, whatever. Look, hockey's done occasionally done fairly somewhat interesting things like Team North America, let's say. And we still talk about Team North America. Dom is still writing about Team North America a thousand years later, mm-hmm. we st- like, and it wasn't even that. It was kind of interesting, and we're like, "This is a great." We, they 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 drafted all star players. We still talk about that drunken mess and how fun it was. Like, oh my god! And then they stopped because I don't know. Someone was picked last. Like, this is the one thing that drives me crazy about the NHL is is they they don't do interesting things nearly enough. When they do, they stop, and then they <sighs> get and then they get picked up and co opted and improved on. By more leagues? functional leagues, the Did NBA you see that does NBA draft. The, I was dying. The NBA like, does the draft now, and it's and it's they may as well have invented it. Yeah, no, nobody remembers that. That was <sighs> your hockey. Be experimental. It's just it's Do weird it. to see the stuff that they're okay being experimental about, 
in the stuff that they're not. Like, there is that weird little... They're not afraid to... I mean, just think about... Like, like what? Well, no, I'm saying, like, think about... Three-on-three three overtime is insane. That's an, yeah, it's an, it's, it's, it's an, it's right. an insane concept. Like, the fact that... I don't even mean that in a good way. The fact that playoff spots are being decided by points that come from three-on-three three overtime is psychotic. That's not... So you have that end of things where it's like they're willing to blow up certain certain aspects yeah. of tradition and of the game, and it's fun. Three and three overtime. I mean, fun. I'm not. Com- I mean, I'm not, they, com- I'm not complaining it, about it. They don't. Yeah. But there's not. Like, why are you so hidebound to th- to in, and so afraid of doing stuff like, oh yeah, some silly midseason tournament? Like, why is Do that? It. Why is that not an option? But blowing up the way winners are decided in the actual regular season games is like a viable course of action. I don't understand that. That took 15 years of politicking by Ken Holland to pass too. Like it wasn't just like they were. Also, um, Kevin W., to, if I was running it, not only would we have a midseason March Madness tournament – the draft order would be determined by it. So, I mean, that's it, right? Like, that's like the we, – we've heard, we've heard that plan kicked around for years. Yep. That, that's, that that's the way it should – Oh, I mean, th- think about the approach to the lottery. Like, how ridiculous has that been? It's so stupid. For the last 10 years, it's a joke. They change Make it. Make it interesting. They change it every couple years. They can't get it right. It still doesn't seem equitable in whatever else. So figure something else out. And that's, that's what's frustrating about all this stuff, right, is you have – you clearly have people – within the league that are willing to get somewhat experimental, whether it's with the all-star game, whether it's with Jersey patches, like I know that all that stuff, that's, it's not quite of the same cut from the same cloth. How about the winter classics? At some point, somebody was probably like, that's a terrible idea. And John Collins was like, Hey, let's just try one. And then they like, of course it worked. It's interesting and different. You're hockey. That's why you want to show up on the radar on new year's day, play at Fenway park. You got to do different things. You can't just. They do shit on the fly constantly, constantly. Like think of, think of how the CBA is applied. Like, like they don't, they don't have any problems acting unilaterally and doing, and doing some crazy stuff. Right. Like apply it to something that's actually interesting. Don't, don't turn, don't, don't say, don't randomly close CBA loopholes that fundamentally change. I, it's. Ugh. Yeah. Poor Kevin W. Uh, yeah, Kevin. I'm like, this is this is one of my you, you Kevin. You've you've hit one of my pet peeves about the NHL is like they don't realize their place in the sporting landscape, and because of it, they continually drift further down. Now it's like F1 is now more relevant. Like you have an incredible sport with incredible athletes with incredible fans. It's all teed up for you, um, but you, you you you're so uninteresting that the, the, these games in January are. A snooze fest. I think part of that is because of the dissonance that comes from having teams in Canada and way the way the game is covered in Canada and the cultural space right. it occupies in Canada with the way teams are covered in the United States and the cultural space that it occupies in, right. in, in the so United States. So you're super States. relevant in one country I and you're like, hey, everything's great. And, they and then str- meanwhile, in the U.S., nobody even knows it exists. Yeah, and they and that sounds basic, right? That That's like a very obvious point to make, but I think that's like the fundamental issue that we're talking about here is that they they realize that they need to change things to appeal to 24 markets in, in, in the U.S., but they can't change it too much because of the place that it occupies in Canada and the amount of money that it makes in Canada. 
Fine. I have news for the Canadian fans aren't going anywhere. They're not going to yeah. stop watching hockey because there's no. a March Madness tournament. No. But meanwhile, you have a team in Arizona playing in a practice gym or something. That's th- like, that's what I'm saying. Like, th- almost literally, that looks like a rec center. They're going to play there for <laughs> three years. It's, come it's on. a joke. And you have like they they blew up the schedule mid season and decided they weren't going to the like they have no problems making these drastic ridiculous changes or these absurd decisions like letting the Coyotes play in a community rink for three years like that's okay but doing something in February to make the games a little bit more goddamn interesting is like beyond the pale it makes no sense. Oh, God, I, I'm yelling in the media center here at the Beijing Olympics. People are staring. Don't get kicked out. Do you have a burner phone? Or worse. Right, Lance, Lance T. Or detained. <laughs> Lance T. writes, sorry, Craig, I have two buddies, cousins, coworkers, and their families that did not go to state and love Sparty. Hmm. So that's, that's interesting. One, two, four, four people. Also, I said farm is reference to being an ag school. I know. I know you did, uh, Lance. Still love the pod. Thanks, guys. Lance, I love you too, brother. I was, you know, we're just a little bit, we, we, we take things personally as Spartans. Um, I will say I was at the Michigan-Michigan State duel in the D game in Detroit uh, on Saturday night, annual tradition for my son and I, my oldest, Calvin. We always go to it. It's great. We saw like Zach Wierenski and Dylan Larkin and all these, you know, players coming up to the year. So it's become this thing. And we always know who the best player on the ice is. It was Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes yeah! is a great player. Love it. Be excited about where, where this – and now – and also, I'm not going to go on a rant here, but Michigan State, get it together. My goodness. that You you were embarrassed. It was I, embarrassing. Is, we've had rat. this conversation off mic, honestly. How about- is Michigan that much better than you? Half the rosters in the Olympics, and I'm showing up at Little Caesars in my Michigan State a proud alum, and the game – like, it was – the ice was tilted. They, they're playing with half their roster, and there's – they're like, is the program falling that far? They're My playing goodness. with half their I'm, roster because the other half is playing in the, in the Olympics. Olympics. <laughs> and Luke Hughes is doing whatever he wants. Oh man, well, okay. whatever. I like. I'm just glad you have a. Uh, I'm just glad you went to a school that has a D1 team to root for. Speaking of community rinks, the Maryland Terrapins club hockey team plays. I think they're still in the Laurel Ice Gardens, which apparently is an N- is an NHL caliber facility based on what we're going to see from the. From the Coyotes over the next couple of years, maybe maybe they can play there. <sighs> Colin B with Chantilly on Tuesday, Shapiro on Wednesday, and McIndoo on Thursday. When are we getting the Athletic NHL Sean Power rankings? Uh, bonus round. Why are there no Sean's? S H A U N. I think it's pretty simple. McIndoo's Irish. I come from Irish stock. Uh, Shapiro is smart enough to sm- to spell it correctly. It's S E A N. Uh, the Power rankings. You got them in reverse order. It goes Chantilly three, Shapiro two. Matt can do one, unfortunately. If we were to do tiers, are you uh, are, mm. like, are you all tier one, or would you De- put yourself? Depends in on where we grade out Fitzy, honestly. Yeah, don't forget Fitzy. The Eve only is Sean A U N. Oh, hold on! I just want to shout out Sean Rourke at the NHL, NHL.com. One of the greatest traveling companions you could ever have. He spells it S H A U N, and we'll allow it because Sean's a great dude. Leahy spells it correctly. Sorry, I cut you off. Eve is back. We all know that I like this podcast, she says, but I'm living in fear of how smug Craig and Sean are going to be after the U.S. men finish top after qualification. Well, hmm. this was obviously last week. I mean, we're not being that smug. We had to we had to drop the veil for a little bit. And I thought we were pretty balanced and not smug today. 
That's what for everyone us. for us. That's what everyone always says about uh, about us. Not smug. You guys are so not smug. <laughs> Uh, Kimmy was interviewed on the Tuesday show, Tim B says, and a couple days later, hired as Vancouver AGM. Man, Canada is really getting nervous about all the talent and content on the Tuesday show. So true. Oh, that is right. Who else? Think- who else? Who else will get the Tuesday bump into a front office or hire in a front office? I guess. Who should we talk to? We should get Tolsky on here so we can get the Blackhawks GM job. Oh, let's get Tolsky on. <laughs> All right, producer Jeff, let's get Talski on. I actually, there's a lot to talk about with him. Yeah, I'd say, I would say so. <laughs> here's, here's, here's what that interview would be, and we should do it. It would be Sean and I asking what we want to ask, and Talski going, you guys know I can't answer that. Mm-hmm. We'd say, yeah, well, that's fine. Just like nod. That's fine. And then we'd ask someone else. He'd be like, I, I can't. I really can't comment on that. And then we'd be like, well, thanks for joining the show, Eric. All right. What's your favorite barbecue place in Raleigh? I have a, I have a top five here. Tell me if I'm wrong. We just sent up that. Um, Carlos, now that the men and women's hockey tournaments are well underway, do you think that any of the other national team members, U.S. or other, will be recruited to the NHL? Mm, good question. That is a good question. Um, <laughs> this was the first game that Eric Stahl looked even remotely capable of, yeah, of playing of playing to pace there. So that's either a, that's either a bad sign or a good sign, right? Like, it, understandably, maybe took him. You know, and he needed, he needed game five to kind of find his legs. He hasn't played much over the last year, but I would, um, yeah, I wouldn't. I ugh. we'll see what happens with that. Strauss Mann's the obvious one, and I know he hasn't played a ton for the United States, but he's he's gonna he's gonna sign with some team. Yeah, with some team soon. Uh, the other guys, frankly, haven't been great. You know, the the Abdulkaders, the Daniel Winnicks, um, Kenny Agostino's like there. There's you know. They look fine. They're at, they're I think that that Maddie Beneers kid is going to get picked up. Yeah, tell me more about like, him. <laughs> What's his deal? I know where, he wasn't did, in Detroit on Saturday night. Where did he come night? from? Climb Our buddy. It. Well, I mean, we need to say this. I think because we talked about him so much in the draft run up. Kent Johnson playing on a third line for Canada. The lines are strange. Kent Johnson is, if not the most skilled player on the Canadian roster, he's second or third. Playing on a third line, doing all sorts of fun stuff today. I think that's I am I'm excited for the Kent Johnson area. I don't I, I know we're gonna get some highlights out of it. We'll see, we'll see what kind of player he turns into. But he's he's gonna do he's gonna do crazy stuff. You know, the fun thing about all this, we're we're actually like knocking on the door of David Quinn coming back with uh-huh. a gold medal around his neck, like he pro- prophesized. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, that's he, like we're gonna I, I don't know if he was maybe half joking about that or whatever, oh. but he has to do it. If he they doesn't win have gold, a choice. We will. Uh, yes, he has. He will. I don't think he will. Um, as long as we're not like you're in a segment after t- Tipsy McStaggers. Yeah. You know, you, right. <laughs> we've got we've got Tipsy. Then yeah, the we're talking. Yeah, coach. we're we're talking to Tipsy themselves and also making more DUI jokes. About oh my gosh. <laughs> um. <gasps> If you want to be, uh, if you want to answer, ask us some hockey questions or otherwise, just download the athletic app and find the <laughs> podcast. Oh, whatever, we're not even comments. supposed to tell. We're not even supposed to direct. We're not even supposed to send you there. But well, how care. else to communicate? There's no other way to reach John and I. And Simply it's, impossible. It's you could just, you could just. We should, you know, what we should do. We should invent a hashtag. Okay. Right? Aren't those cool? If you want to email, Tuesday if you boys. want to email Craig at theathletic.com, email me. I will resp- I will read any emails to you. I think that's a nice for for all those of you that just can't 
find a way to the comment section. Hashtag I'll, I'll, THS Tuesday boys. Twitter. No Twitter mailbags. No refuse to use that as a <laughs> boys is spelled with a Z. Ugh, Ugh. Don't do that. Uh, Mike Russo, who has re- probably the, if we're being real, like it's the best podcast on the hockey network. Like Mike continually gets great guests, does a great job. Yeah. Like, He's a machine. He's actually like doing work. He has Andrew Brunette, head coach of the Florida Panthers. Uh, and, you know, he's, uh, Mike knows Andrew Burnett well. So I think that that's probably going to be a great conversation. So listen to that straight from the source. Also, um, leave a rating. If you like this, if you like this podcast, it helps us immensely. If you rate it on Apple Pods, wherever you're listening. And you can uh, ask a question in the rating. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find those too. We read all those. So Sean does. Mm. We may or may not. Mm. But, but do it. It helps us. Uh, also, Sean and I are about to record our Audio Plus segment on Apple Podcasts. Buddy, we, it's going to be so good. We are so prepped. So much We're Mount Rushmore. We're loaded on this one. Mount Rushmore of Sean's at The Athletic. So in order to <laughs> listen, you have to be a subscriber. To get all the bonus content for our entire network, you just start with a 30-day free trial at Apple Podcasts, and it's just 99 cents a month after that. I really don't know how you can sign up or anything beyond that. I just know that... It's 99 cents. Also, oh, good deal right now in The Athletic. Right now, you can get an annual subscription to The Athletic (laughs) for just a dollar a month for six months. That's a great deal. That's that's really good. Like, if you're on the fence, that's that's as good as it gets. Theathletic.com slash hockey show to get that deal. Go to theathletic.com slash hockey show. A dollar a month for six months. That's six dollars. And you, too, can leave comments and live stream all of your thoughts. Um... The Wednesday show returns this week. We've got it's Granger and Civi, and they've got Sean Shapiro. Um, and that's that. Anything else to plug, Sean? You got a, a any uh, your tour? No Wednesday. Tour Wednesday at eleven o'clock, U.S. versus Canada. Yeah, let's do this, baby. All right. Thanks for listening. Get ready, Mendez. <laughs>